all right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the ESN podcast or the Evangelical Student Network podcast. My name is Kaspar Mapurisa, and I'm excited to dive in with you today to see God's word, to hear what God's word has to say. I hope you are as excited as I am. And so today we continue with uh, another installment of the Follow the King series, which is a series through the book of Mark. And taking us on today is Musa as he shows us from the word of God what it means to oppose Christ as he shows us Christ as the opposed king. So please sit back, relax, take a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or some juice and listen to God's word. Let's get it. Our Bible reading is taken from Mark chapter 3, verse 7 to 35. Verse 7. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. And he told his disciples that to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed many, so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. And he went up to the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boanerges, that is, sons of thunder, Andrew and, Peter, Andrew, Philip, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. Then he went home, and the crowd gathered again, so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He is out of his mind. Verse 22. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebub, and by the prince of demons he casts out demons. And he called them to him, and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but if come, but is coming to an end. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he, finds, he first binds the strong man, then indeed he may plunder his house. Truly I say to you all, truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man, and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an, inter- of an eternal sin. For they were saying, He has an unclean spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside, seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here is my mother. Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. May God bless the reading of his word. Uh, I'm going to just do a recap uh, of what we 
we have been learning for the past two weeks. So we're going through the book of Mark and just to hear who Christ is. And we're going to find out uh, from these chapters. So in chapter one, uh, Tawanda introduced us to uh, the gospel of Jesus. And this is uh, what Mark says he, when he's writing. He says he's writing the gospel about Jesus, the gospel of Jesus. And the gospel is Jesus. The good news is Jesus. And we begin to see him being anointed by the Holy Spirit uh, in the, on, on the baptism day. And then we, we went on in chapter two. And Gamu, uh, if you were here last week, took us through uh, chapter two. And in chapter two, we, we actually realized that Jesus actually has power and he's a powerful king. He's a promised and powerful king. And today we're gonna see, we're gonna take a turn uh, a little bit into understanding who Christ is. And we're gonna find out that opposition to Christ automatically casts you out of God's family. You know what the word opposition means? It means being non-compliant to be against, to care less. And that is what some of us do. We have friends as well, whom we only call when you need eco cash, whom we only call when you just need swipe, whom you only need call, you only call or look for because you need help with an assignment at school, right? We are those kind of people. And we also have people like that in our lives, don't we? Who only call us for specific things that they need from us but they don't really know who we are. And we don't really know who they are. Today in this passage, we're gonna see that Jesus is being opposed by people like that. He's opposed by his family, his kindred, his people. And uh, yeah, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's see uh, what, what's happening. Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, <laughs> thank God, uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus also faced such uh, incidences uh, where people are in opposition of him. Uh, people are there only for what he can give. The Son of God, Jesus himself, is only being sought out for, for what he can do more than who he is, really. They only wanted him for what he did because yes, he was powerful. News went all over the region about what he did more than who he was. It was about, oh, do you know about this uh, Hebrew who, who cast out demons and man, he does wonders. You should go see him in Jerusalem. And you know what? People loved to hear that and they needed help. And what they did, they had to travel from all over the place, from Idumea, uh, Galilee. Do you know these guys had to cross a river just to come and see this man who's been doing wonders, a superhuman, right? But did they know who he was? No, no word came out to say, oh yes, he's the son of God. Like Mark starts off and says, this is the God, good news of Jesus, the son of God. But that message never went out. To the, it's funny even that in the previous passages that we have read through with Tawanda and Gamu, that we realize that even the demons recognize him, they are orthodox, they recognize him as the son of God, but none of these people were able to take out the word and say, he is the son of God. But even demons knew him. But people were not there for that. They wanted demons casted out and healed. We see that in verse 11. This is a sign of opposition. When people are on your side only because they want what you have. But 
they were not there for him. They were only there for what they wanted. They were so selfish in the sense that they only wanted their, their needs to be dealt with, but they didn't know who Jesus was, to the point that they almost uh, crushed him, to the point that Jesus tells his, his disciples, hey, can you go and prepare a boat for me so that I can stand in it? Because he was not fearing for his life, because he's, a, he's human at that point, right? And people were only there for what he could do. They were touching him, needing his healing, needing their children to be casted out, demons and, and all that. This is opposition from his family. In verse 7 to, to 12, uh, word went out to all the region of Israel. Many of these people are coming from all over. Man, this people had to cross rivers, as I said. Many of us in Zimbabwe fall into this camp or crowd, don't we? We are only consumers of what God can do or what Christ can give us. It's not to say it's wrong necessarily, but we seek after Jesus only for resources. Yes? Jesus is the answer, is the, as the old, old adage goes, right? You need money for school fees. Pray that Jesus will give you this. You need money, you know, to, to own a big car, big house, right? The only way, the source is what? Christ. Go to church, pray, and God will open doors for you, right? This is your year. Every day they say, right? This is your year. And every day people go to church in scores just to hear a word, a prophecy, right? If you don't get a prophecy of what, is going to, what Christ can do in your life, next week you don't go to church, right? You don't feel good. It, the spirit wasn't moving when this prophecy wasn't, wasn't made for you, right? But have you really taken some time to actually consider who Christ is more than what he can give and what he can do? Are you not like this crowd, which is actually abusing and just being a consumer based because we live in a poor country, in a third world country, right? But do we know him? Have we learned from him? Do you know his voice? Now Jesus is no fool. He can see this in the people. Just like we can tell that people are being fake with us, they are not, right? Jesus then chooses the ones whom he desires because they were interested in who he was, even if they didn't understand him. You see, when you have interest in someone, when you start dating someone, you just have an interest in that person, even though you don't understand them fully. But just because you want to know them, you end up acting closer getting closer to them, knowing them, getting to know them deeper, even if you don't understand them. This is the same thing with his disciples, where he, Jesus then decides to choose them because he desired them, because they were going to be with him. As we see, as Mark continues to tell us through his gospel, he chooses them for the purpose of being with him, to learn and to be able to preach the gospel. Now, let's move on. We, we see Mark now turning and showing us that he's, Jesus is now facing opposition from scribes and leaders. Remember, word had gone out that this man is casting out demons, he's powerful, he's doing this, right? But no one ever, when the word didn't go out that he was the son of God, but although it was in plain sight that, hey man, this is the son of God here. He is the God man here. But none of them could, could hear that. Even the scribes had to come, travel to come and hear this. The word went out to the point even the scribes came too and they came with a different approach to deny in spite of the miracles they see. They were like, nah, it is impossible. This man is doing this out of the, out of the evil spirit. 
this, that's the only option that they had to say. The power that he has is not from God, but from the devil, Beelzebub. But what's strange in, in some or most of these people were there, the way they, some of these people were there when he was being baptized and they heard and saw about what God spoke and the Holy Spirit was there. The Godhead was there. God the Father spoke. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased in chapter one. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And this was to confirm that this is the son of God because the Father himself had, had sealed it and said it in front of them. But they came and they said, now nah, he's, he, he's, he's, he's oppressed of, the de- of, the, of evil and he's casting out demons to uh, the devil. And listen to Jesus' response in verse 28. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of men and whatever blasphemies they utter. They are blasphemies people utter, but this one, is Jesus is speaking of, and you know blasphemy is speaking in offense. And this one that Jesus is speaking about, speaking offense of the Holy Spirit, speaking in opposition of the Holy Spirit, Jesus never has forgiveness for this sin. But this is, he says, but is guilty of an eternal sin. How many of us and our friends are in opposition to Christ and the Holy Spirit? You probably know a friend who doesn't believe in Christ, who doesn't believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that Jesus doesn't even walk by the Holy Spirit. He never existed. That is against the Holy Spirit. Some of you are here, maybe the Holy Spirit is, is, is trying to, 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 to tap into your heart and he's knocking at the door of your heart and you're resisting. That's in opposition to the Holy Spirit. And if you deny until you're dead, it'll be too late for you because it, it is an unforgivable sin. We see now the last one is, imagine being opposed or by your own family, people whom who raised you and people who grew up with you. How painful it is to watch and read about the way these people reject him. And what's more painful is seeing myself among these people. I mean, his own family, mother, brother, they thought he was crazy. He was out of his mind. He was going loco. They wanted to take him away. I don't know how many of you know about Prophet Mandungwe. The one who says he is uh, fourth in, uh, out of, uh, from God's uh, Godhead, he's commander of the heavens, angel's army. Have you seen how people actually treat him like he's crazy? Yes, because he's saying outrageous things. But here, Jesus is saying really outrageous things for their time. He is the son of God. But for them to understand that, it is crazy to utter such words. But these are the people who grew up with him. They know him. But for them to understand, it takes a while for them to understand. They actually think he's crazy. Maybe it's shame. They feel shame for him. Because the, 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 the scribes have said, this man is working under the spirit of the, of the devil. And they were like, Ish, we need to go get our brother. We need to get her, go get her, my, my son. Because look, he's says Faha Abantu in a Devela term, you know, when someone is, is uh, you know, preaching you among the people. That's the direct translation to say, he is uh, um, he's putting you guys into shame by what he's doing. They wanted to get to him, but they can't get to him because there are people sitting around him, listening and learning to him, with, with him. They even uh, call out to him. Uh, and, and ask for him. 
But before I, I, we talk about that, how many of us here are ashamed of Christ? Because we are scared of saying, well, Jesus is the king of my heart. Jesus is the Lord of my soul. How many of us are ashamed on campus to even, some of you even struggle to even tell your friends that you're going for a Bible talk because they'll ask you, oh, you are that kind of a guy, you are that Christian. You are ashamed of the gospel. You are ashamed of the good news of who? Jesus that Mark is talking about. Maybe you are part of this family. It's people who call Jesus their family, but they are ashamed of him. But they don't want to be, they want to take him away from the public. Uh, if on the poster we put, come and get favor from Jesus for, your, for you to excel in your studies, this place will be filled, right? As I said earlier, people were there for what they wanted and what they can get from Jesus. But we say we are children of God, don't we? Since his family can't get to him because of the crowd sitting around him, listening to him and learning, he says to them, the, one who are, the ones who are there with him are his family, not the ones with him. Not the ones not with him. Have you been with him? That's my question. Have you been around Jesus enough to tell someone about who he is? Do you know who he really is? Really? Have you been looking into doing his will? Really? Because he says, whoever does the will of God is part of God's family. Verse 35. Are you part of God's family? We are all here. Zimbabwe is 98% Christian, aren't we? Oh yeah, we're all part of God's family. But the amount of corruption and sin in this world, in this place, is crazy. Do these people do his will? What now, you might ask, Musa? Do you, do, you, do you make an effort to seek him and know him? Do you open your Bible and pray that the Spirit opens to you to see him as who he is? Do you converse with him in prayer? I encourage you to consider who Jesus is by taking an act to know him through his word and pray. Hang out with other believers. We have Bible studies happening here on campus Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Hang out with other believers. On Sunday, do you go to church and hang out with other believers and hear about God's word and who Christ is and what he has done for you and how you can apply his will? Can you utter such words like of Paul in his letter to the Colossians? Turn with me uh, uh, and see what Paul gets to in chapter 3, verse 8 to 9. He says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. It's not about what Christ has done for Paul, but it is what Paul wants from Christ. Paul wants to know Christ. How many of us want to know Christ? But my question is, then I ask myself, did Paul not know Christ before? He knew Christ, right? Like most people in the world, if you go out in the streets and you know, ask people, do you know anything about Jesus Christ? People will tell you, the most famous person in the world, most famous person since 2,000 years ago. But people know about him, but what we really know, I'll ask is, do you really know Christ? Really? Are you part of God's family? But did Paul know Christ? That's part of my question. And verse 9, he goes on to clearly say that where he wants to be found, he wants to be found 
in Jesus. Like those disciples who were sitting around Jesus, who were with him, that is God's family. That is God's family. Are you found around Jesus? Are you found knowing Jesus? Are you really knowing Jesus? Now, imagine a church that knows who Jesus really is. Imagine nest with people who really want to know who Jesus is and want to be found in him. Imagine if you knew Jesus and really wanted to know who he was, how would your life be? How would your life be so exemplary to other believers? Imagine if this group of people knew Christ for real and did his will. How much impact would it make in our classes? How much impact would it make in Zimbabwe? How much impact would it make in the streets or in the neighborhood or wherever you go back at home? How many people would come to Christ if you really knew Christ? What kind of impact would they have in the city and where they come from? How confident would they be in sharing about the person, Jesus, and who he is? Let us pray. There you have it, folks. As always, some things to think about and some things to ponder. Are we really walking in the knowledge of Christ or we are opposed to him? There's really no in-between. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, this is the ESN podcast. Please do follow us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Instagram, and please do check out our YouTube channel of the same name, Evangelical Student Network. Or if you want to drop us an email, drop us an email on info at esnstudents.org, esnstudents.org. My name is Kaspar Mapurisa, and this is the ESN Podcast. Catch you on the next one. Grace and peace.